Amen. Um, praise God. While you're seated there, can we just pray for a moment? Lord, I thank you for your presence that we feel here. I'm thankful to you, Jesus, for all that you are doing in our midst, Lord. I'm thankful for your goodness and for your mercy. Lord, I'm thankful for your grace. Lord, I'm thankful for all that you've done for us. Lord, I thank you for your presence, your holy presence, Lord. And I'm thankful that you would manifest it here in our midst, Lord. Hallelujah. God, I give you praise today. I give you glory today, Lord Jesus. Let your will be done in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Well, I know a lot of you, a lot of you I don't know, and, and I'm thankful to see all of you here today. So uh, God bless you. I um, believe the Lord has been talking to me some about today, and he started talking to me last night, and I felt like it was about some things for today. And he started talking to me this morning, and I felt like it was about some things for today. And to my mind, they're not related one bit, but uh, I want to just try to share with you what I feel like the Lord has been sharing with me. Um, I was just going through my, my kind of Sunday morning routine this morning, and uh, also, I want to say thank you to the Hartley family. They were a good blessing to us. We moved this this week, and they've moved recently, so they know what it's like, and they made us a meal while we were in the middle of our move, and thank you for that. Amen. Um, so we had, like I said, we've, we're in the middle of this uh, move right now, and um, I thought, well, Sunday morning is going to be a busy, it's always a busy morning, but it's going to be extra busy because we still have things in boxes and have things over here and over there, and I don't know where anything is, and when you got to, when seven people have to get ready and you don't know where anything is, that's a challenge, um, but thank the Lord we, uh, we got through it, at least I did, I was the first one to leave the house, they, I don't know where they're at now, but, <laughs> um, but I got here and I, I got my shoes on, so thank the Lord for that, um, but as I was going through my routine this morning and just preparing for the day, getting ready to, uh, to be here, I thought, let me, uh, let me turn on some, some praise and worship music or something like that. Sometimes, uh, if you're like me, you just would rather have noise like that in the background um, than quiet, and um, we're somewhat of a musical family. We appreciate um, praise and worship and all, all, all types of, of music um, that's unto the Lord, so I had just turned on <laughs> uh, this is going to be fun. I, I, um, a few, a few months ago, the Lord really started to deal with me and, and I shared some with the Union Gap congregation. So if you have Sirius XM radio or have had it before, you probably know the message. That's a the main Christian channel. They play like mainstream Christian music on there. So oftentimes we'll listen to that. And, um, I, uh, just started to notice, like, a lot of these songs are not, you know, just super, super praiseful. Um, in fact, we were driving to church one day. It was just, I think, me and my son. And he said, this song makes me feel sad. And I said, it does me too. Uh, let's turn it. <laughs> we changed the station. And uh, then he said, why, why do they make songs like that? And it's supposed to be a Christian station. And 
And uh, honestly, without even thinking much about it, I just said what, what came to my mind, which I believe is true. I told him, well, uh, people like to be sad. And I, uh, the more I thought about that, I was like, that, it's not right. It shouldn't be that way, but it is. And I was, I was brutally honest with him, my uh, 13-year-old son, and I say, uh, people like to be sad, and singers and songwriters and musicians like to make money, and they know that people like to be sad, so they know they'll write songs and make music that people will want to buy and listen to. And, man, this got real heavy in here real fast, didn't it? Um, but I, I said, that's just, uh, to be honest with you, I think that's why we hear a lot of what we hear right now on the radio especially. Um, and there's a saying, it's a popular saying, misery loves company. Um, now... I, I'm, I'm wanting to, I, I appreciate what we feel here today, the presence of the Lord. And as we've been able to sing and worship here, I'm thankful to that uh, for what the Lord's doing uh, here. I'm just talking about in general, outside of church. You know, in, in church, we know we get to come and we sing and we worship. I told the, the congregation last week in Union Gap, really, we, are, we're, we as, a, as a group, as the church, are... are we, we have it easy in this regard, how easy it is for us to get into the presence of the Lord together. Often we do, that, do it through praise and worship, through singing and, and worshiping the Lord, and that gets us into His presence. It brings a spirit of unity, and I'm thankful for that. Uh, what I'm talking about is something different than that. What, what we hear when it's just you in the radio or just me in the radio or just our families in the car listening to, to something. That's, that's where we kind of step outside of, well, this isn't church, right? It's not Sunday with, and we're not wearing our ties and dresses. We're uh, just, you know, doing our normal thing. Let's, let's turn on some, some Christian music. And, uh, well, I say all that because this morning as I was getting ready again, I turned, on, turned something on and yeah, honestly, I don't think it took two seconds. As soon as I didn't know the song really, but as soon as it started playing, I thought, "Nope, don't want to hear that." I turned it right back off, and that's when the Lord started to tell me, "You don't. There is no reason for you to be sad. There is no reason for you to be depressed." Now, God made us with the full range of human emotion, and that's part of that is sad. Part of that is happy. Part of that is in the middle and, and, and the full range of it. So I'm not saying you can't ever be sad about something or obviously things happen um, that, would, that would disappoint us. That's fine. That's a part of normal life. But why would I choose to go to a source with a power button and say, ooh, make me sad. Oh, I'm so sad. But I'm listening to it because it's making me feel. Well, yeah, it's making you feel, but what is it making you feel? Why? Why would you want to feel that? Amen? We have, David said, make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Is that, that what the psalm says? Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Joyful is a whole lot different than, you know, the, the world's saddest violin. And, and, oh, it's music, so it's blessing me. I don't know about that. 
It's music, so it's doing something to you. But I don't know about blessing you. I heard, I'm just going to be totally honest with you guys. Uh, It's the only way I know to be. When I was a kid, the popular band, and they've changed a lot, uh, but when I was teenager-ish, the Newsboys were were a big thing and and kind of popular mainstream Christian radio. Uh, This is when they had, you know, the bald guy. And um, they made it into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And they had a DVD about the music and the concert and all that. That was like their Hall of Fame induction. Um, and they would play some songs on the stage. And then there would be like some talking behind the scenes stuff. And um, one of the guys uh, uh, had said, well, I believe all music. Because I think he was kind of talking about what it's like to be a Christian band and be inducted in the Hall of Fame, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And he said something to the effect of, well, I believe all music is worship." Um, because it was created by God. And there again, I don't know that he's necessarily wrong in the assumption that all music is worship, but it makes me stop and think, what is music worshiping? If all music is worship because all music was created by God, you know who he uh, put in charge of music first was Lucifer. And he said, you're going to play and sing to herald my presence so I'm just wanting to, to, to caution us, all of us today, the music that we listen to, even, and it's just as simple, honestly, as letting the Lord operate in your life like you do in every other area. There will be, there could be a song that I don't want to hear that you love, and there could be a song that I love that you don't want to hear. That's fine as long as the Lord is using and talking to you about you and him. Amen? I trust the Lord well enough to know that I don't just put my favorites on and make everybody say, okay, this is the Holy Ghost music right here. And if you don't like it, well, you don't have the Lord. No. And I also trust him well enough to know that what ministers to you in a pure and wholesome way may or may not do the same for me or for others. There's a scripture, a little scripture that says, let every man work out his own salvation. This is kind of what I'm talking about. It's up to you and the Lord. But the goal is getting towards God, not away from him or not paused and stuck somewhere in the middle between the world and him. If it's, if it's helping me entertain the presence of God, that's a good thing. If it's helping me entertain some emotions that I'm wanting to feel right now, that's a scary thing. There's nothing like getting into a, uh, I don't know, a, a vehicle that's not yours and doesn't belong to anybody that you know, a rental car maybe or a uh, moving truck, or uh, something like that. And whatever's on is whatever the last person was listening to. Anybody ever had that experience before? And you, and, and I didn't even know we had that radio station here. Man, what is it? the first thing you do is change that thing, usually. But it's about what we entertain. And it's about who 
we entertain. Amen? I'd like you to turn to the book of 1 Corinthians, chapter 10, verse 12. 1 Corinthians, chapter 10, verse 12. This is the Apostle Paul writing, and he says, Wherefore, let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall. And you can just leave that verse up there. I feel like I, I want to talk a little bit about this verse today. Hopefully, we all at least think we're doing a little bit of good. You know, we're headed in the right direction. Kind of like what I was just talking about with wanting to be in the presence of the Lord and making some right decisions. <laughs> what was it? My... My kids were playing last night, the, the two youngest ones, and uh, they were pretending to be dinosaurs. This is a, a story out of left field, but stay with me. They were pretending to be dinosaurs, and, and one, uh, Colin, would have a little the toy dinosaur, and he'd go before this big dinosaur that Liberty had, and she says, I'm going to bless you with gifts. <laughs> and he would sit there with this dinosaur, and she'd say, you have the gift of the loudest roar, and you have the gift of whatever else it was. You can fly. And then she would say, but you can only use it one time, so make wise decisions. <laughs> That's what she said. Um, hopefully, we, we at least think in our lives we're, we're making some wise decisions. We're, we are uh, in a place where... We know what the Lord would have us do, and we try to seek after that. So that's where we ought to be striving for. But this verse says, if that is you, him that thinketh he standeth, if that's you, let him take heed lest he fall. To, to think here, where it says, let him that thinketh, it means to be of the opinion of. And it puts a double emphasis on the personal aspect. I could be of the opinion that Brother Jacinto's tie is too bold. It's not. I like it. But see, that's, that's, that's not a personal opinion about me. That's an opinion about him. But if I could say, well, my opinion is my tie is the best one in the room. That's a me opinion. Right? It's a double emphasis on me. I think that I. So let him that thinks that he. This has nothing to do with anybody else in the room other than if I use it to sit in a place of judgment and say, well, I think I'm better than. I think I'm doing better than. At least I'm not. See, so it's, a, it's a, an opinion of, but an opinion of self. To be of the opinion of with the double emphasis on the personal aspect. It's based on a personal connection or relation. The one doing the thinking, thinking about himself. The one with the option, his opinion of himself. Well, we could talk about that for a while, but I don't want to go down that road. What is your opinion of yourself?
I, I could I could pull pull somebody up here and give him this microphone and say just take this microphone and and bop somebody on the head the one you don't like hitting here the most. And I wonder how many of us would go. Why? Because that's what I think about myself. I I don't like myself the most. I, I love you all. What I know about you, what I've seen about you over time, but I know me. And I know myself better than I know anyone else. Well, you get an opinion about yourself. <laughs> so that's one side of the extreme. And then the other one is, this, here's a $100 gift card. Why don't you go give it to the person who's the best shopper here? Oh, thank you. All right. Good, because I like my style. I like my taste. And we, that's another opinion about me. So... The question, what the, what the scripture is presenting here is you thinking about you, your life. Everybody say, my life. Wherefore, let him that thinketh he standeth. To stand or standeth here, it really is not talking about on your two feet with your legs and, and standing upright. It's talking about uprightness in spirit. To be steadfast in mind is another way to put this. So, if my opinion of me is that I am steadfast in my mind, my mind is set, my mind is made up, there will be no deterring. I know where I'm headed, I know my, my goal, I know the life I'm living for the Lord, I know the truth, I know the Word of God. I, I, I'm on time for church, or at least I'm usually on time. I, I'm there every week. I, I'm, I'm faithful. I'm all these things. Him that thinks his mind is made up. What does it say about him? So when you think your mind, in, when you think in your mind that you are immovable, what does it say about him? Let him, what does it say? Take heed. Let him take heed. The one who says, I would never do that. I would never go there. I would never buy that. I would never do this. Let him take heed. To take heed, it means. To look in the sense of providing or taking care. To look after with care and caution. Be at pay, pay attention. To be attentive. I don't know. Maybe, you, maybe you've had to do a resume one time for a job. Or maybe you've looked at a job description. And one of the things that it says is attention to detail. Well, some of us know that's me. I love details, and others of us, if we're honest, we know that's not me. I don't, I don't pay attention to details. I don't notice little things like that. And then and it drives the ones that are detail-oriented, like, how could you not see it? It's right there. So to take heed means, in this, in this context, to be detail-oriented, to pay attention to the details, I'm not going to try to intentionally tie this back to what I was talking about before with music, but I'll use it as an example for you. Pay attention to not just 
the instruments, the, the tempo. Pay attention to the lyrics. And not just whether they're talking about God or not. Pay attention to what they're saying about God or me or you. Pay attention to it. Let him that thinketh he standeth pay attention to the details, lest he falls. There's a balancing act here involved because you have to pay attention to details and you have to know those things. But at the same time, you can't be a critical person in the sense that you harm everybody with your words because you are so critical about details. It's a, this is what I mean by it's a balancing act. If I can just, oh, I, I'll take, <laughs> I'm not going to do this, but if I'd like to, I could give you a list of songs that they play on Christian radio and say, don't listen to that one because of this. Don't listen to that one because of this. You shouldn't listen to this one. In fact, this artist right here, don't ever listen to any song that they play. And I could, I could do that if I wanted to, but you're going to leave here thinking, oh, Elder Flowers is a buzzkill. He doesn't want anybody to do anything. Why? Because if I deliver it with a critical spirit, this goes way, way back to as long as I can remember. Uh, 37 years old. This goes back as long as I can remember. The question in the church is, can I do this and still go to heaven? I'm not making that up. I've heard that many, many times in my life. Does God, will God be okay if I do this? Will he, will he still love me if I, can I do this and go to, is this, here's the, the, the term, is it a heaven or a hell issue? How many ever heard that before? Is this a heaven or hell issue? For me, everything's a heaven or hell issue. For me. Everything is. That doesn't mean if it is for me, it is for you. You understand the difference? For me, it is. I haven't, whether or not I pick this up right now, this little tissue, if you can see it. That doesn't mean if I pick it up, I'm going to heaven. If I don't, I'm going to hell. Or if you do the same that I do, you're fine. No, it's about me doing what I feel led of the Lord to do. And obeying his voice. You cannot pattern your life after someone else that you are sure is pleasing God and going to heaven. And say, well, whatever they do, I'll do. If they say it, I'll say it. If they don't say it, I won't say it. Here's a fun one. If they wear it, I'll wear it. If they don't, I won't. Why? Because I'm going to heaven because they're going to heaven. Really? We really want to play that game. I could tell you, heroes of mine, that I have seen people pattern their lives after. I'm going to dress like him, talk like him, drive the same kind of car he drives. Marry a wife that looks like his wife. No, I don't know about that one. <laughs> but I'm going to pattern my life after them because I know, how do you know? This says, 
you're supposed to be thinking about your own self. And even if you think you're doing right, pay attention or you might be doing wrong. How, if, if you have to be that critical of yourself in your, in your thoughts and your actions, how are you supposed to know that about somebody else that you maybe see once or twice a week? A couple of hours at a time, if that. Now, I just, I'm feeling this as a caution from the Lord for all of us. Amen? It's about me and my walk with the Lord. To look after with care and caution. Lest he fall. And this is, again, not the difference of standing up and falling over. We're talking about in a spiritual sense. What is falling in the spiritual sense? There's one little three-letter word, sin. Sin. To, to fall from uprightness or righteousness. How, how in the world can a person who's been made right with the Lord fall from that place of being made right? I'm glad you asked, because there are people in this world, in this town even, that would tell you, if you get into a deep enough conversation with them, they would tell you, well, I, I think the Lord is okay with anybody doing whatever they want as long as, you know, they, they, they let him know that he's the, the head honcho. Really? So, so your boss at your job does not care what you do as long as you go to work and tell them they're the boss? Does anybody have a boss like that? No. They expect some things of you, right? You not only have to be here, but you got to be here when I say you need to be here. And you not only need to be here, but you need to be here ready to work. In, the, in a mindset of work. It, it, if you work with tools, you need the tools, if you work with other skills, bring them with you. Show up ready to work. We understand that in the natural, but then we think, well, the Lord, no. He, he's the big guy in the sky, and I'm the little me right here, and I'll just do whatever I want. And he doesn't see or care or know any of that because he's got to see all of this stuff. So as long as I, as long as I do whatever you know, I think is right, then, I, then that's not falling. That's not sin. There, I, I, I see two groups of people, not in this room, but in the world in general. I see two groups of people. Those that would rather say there is no sin. Or those that would say. It's okay. To, to, to do what I think is right and be my judge. I can call other people's sins out all day long. They did that, and that's wrong. They did that, and that's wrong. They're if you took a civics class, I'd love, to, I'd love for some time us to just discuss this. How, how, how do you make, what, what makes a law? Not, not like in the house and the sin and all that. I'm talking like how do you know if it's a, a good one or not? Because at the, at the core of most of those is, as long as it doesn't infringe on somebody else's ability to live according to their own rights, then it's, a, it's fine. It's a law. 
Mm, that does not fly in the kingdom of God. I'm going to let Brother Martin be Brother Martin and do his own thing, and I'll be over here, and anything that I say and do, it won't offend him at all. Okay, that's true, but he's not the one I'm trying to please. I feel like a lot of people would put God in the same category as how they look at all the other people. Him, let him do his thing, let me do my thing. And as long as I don't infringe on his or anybody else's rights and capabilities, then we'll be good. We're set. Just imagine. This is how close it ever got to that, I believe, when he created Adam and even put him in the garden and said, you can do anything you want to do except. I'm going to make this really, really easy for you guys. Okay, I've thought a lot about this. I've, like infinity, thought about this. I just don't want you to do one little thing. Don't eat of the tree, the fruit of that tree right there. Everything else is good. Go, play, do. Do whatever you want. Just work, work in the garden. That's your little job assignment. But then other than that, you do whatever you want. This, this world is your territory. And then they sit back and look at that one little thing they're told not to do. Why not build your house on the other side of the garden? Why not put a fence around that thing? High, tall fence. Don't even see it. Don't look at it. Don't think about it. No. I like to kind of just, you know. Oh, the fruit feels like all the other fruit that we eat. It looks pretty good. In fact, you know, if we're doing seasons and ripeness, I think it's pretty ripe right now. That's what it says. The tree looked good uh, to Eve to eat. Uh, he won't really care. I mean, maybe when he said eat... He meant, like, don't eat all of it. Anybody ever thought that before? Maybe he, maybe he meant, like, you, you, you can't eat the whole thing. And the, if it were, Why do we think it's an apple? I don't even know, but that's what we usually think. Maybe he meant don't eat the core because nobody eats the core or the stem. No. Here's what he says. Do not eat of it. That one little word, of, really is the, is the explanation for how you know you've gone too far. Where did it come from? This is fruit of that tree. And there's no question she was near the tree. And if you see in the scripture, Adam wasn't like way far off on the other side of the garden. It says, she gave to her husband with her. So they were both sitting there like, ah, maybe. What's the harm? Uh, I'm almost done. I just want to introduce this one last thought to you. Because as you are trying to think about details, as you're trying to take heed, as you're trying to be cautious 
about what's right and wrong from the Lord for what you need to do, know that, know that the enemy will be there questioning, raising questions, always raising questions to you. The, the, the first three words ever by the serpent, by the devil, recorded in Scripture, hath God said. Those are his first three words, and I would doubt, I wouldn't doubt that he still comes to each one of us with those three words for you. Hath God said, you really shouldn't do this? Hath God said, you need to watch for that? You need to pay attention? No. Hath God really said, you should be doing this? That's how the enemy operates. Questions. He's not, he's not going to give you a definitive like, oh, don't worry about it. It's all taken care of. No, he's going to operate through questions. He's going to operate through uncertainty. This is why even the one that thinks he's got his mind completely made up, completely, I'm steadfast in my mind. As soon as there is one little hint of uncertainty, the devil's like, let's get our stuff. We're going. There's uncertainty there. Why? Because he knows I work good in uncertainty. I raise, I raise questions in uncertainty. Oh, oh, you're sick and you don't know if it's from God or not? Whew. I work in that uncertainty. You, you, you think you need to witness to this person, but you're not sure? Whew. Uncertainty. I work there. You're considering a job change. Uncertainty. Whew. I work there. Maybe, it, maybe the sickness is from God. Maybe the person does want you to witness to that. God wants you to witness to that person, and he wants you to do a job change. All those things could be accurate and in, in order, but if me as the person with the mind is sitting there going, I don't know, maybe, maybe not. Maybe, maybe not. Then the serpent is like, try some of this fruit right here. Hath God said, we can stand. I'm coming to a close here. Every eye closed. I want us to be thinking about what we know the Lord has told us. We sang songs about it today, the word of God. What the scripture says is right for us. Lord, I trust in your word. Lord, I know that you are the only one that can make a person stand, Lord, and be truly steadfast in their mind. Even, Lord, when my mind is completely made up to me, Jesus, I still have to submit it to you. I still have to seek you. I'm opening these altars right now. I'm asking you to find a place to pray. I believe the Lord wants to speak to us about our lives 
Come on, if you're going through a, a situation right now, if you've got a question or an uncertainty, why don't you bring that to the Lord today? If you've got an issue in your mind, if you've got a situation in your home and you're not sure which way is right, I'm asking you to bring that to the Lord. Seek the Lord with that in the name of Jesus.